Welcome back to the Cane Tantry Podcast, where this week we have two people reasonably capable of doing the job, and the Hurricanes have three people capable of doing another job. My name's Brett Finger. I'm joined by Andrew Schnicker this week. Ryan Hankel got his second vaccine, and uh, he's he's feeling it a little bit today. So, I mean, I'm jealous of him that he's already gotten his second. Andrew, I know you're getting your second today. Uh, yes. Yeah, that's that's great. Yeah, it's exciting stuff. I'm uh I'm looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, how are you doing outside of uh getting your your vaccine today? Your second vaccine. I'm good. Yeah, I'm excited. It's a uh, it's a fun time. We've got uh got some good hockey. We've got baseball back. It's uh, a lot of good right now. It is. It is. So the Hurricanes have won three straight games, and it was an interesting past week. The return of a couple of pretty massively important players to Carolina's lineup and Vincent Trocek that we talked about last week, and then Peter Morazic, who made his first start since January 30th or 29th? 30th, I think. 30th. He made his first start since January 30th. So more than two months out of the lineup, he he returned and he just posted a 28 save shutout over the Dallas Stars. He then followed it up with a 34 save performance and on 36 shots and a 5-2 win over Florida. And then last night, Alex Nedeljkovic, a 24 save shutout over Florida. The Hurricanes have won the Hurricanes have won three straight games and they've beaten the Florida Panthers. Uh, in back-to-back games to take over not only first place in the Central Division, but first place in the entire league in wins, points, points percentage. The Hurricanes are first in the NHL right now. Um, uh, Holy shit. Yeah, not um, especially over the dark decade, not something I... ever imagined i'd see obviously never imagined uh the hurricanes being you know as i said this last night it would have been hard to imagine in that last year of the southeast division the hurricanes and panthers ever battling for first place in a division that included the red wings and blackhawks for a multitude of reasons that would have been hard to imagine but still no i mean it's 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 a crazy time. And, you know, I know people say, you know, oh, well, you, you don't want to win the president's trophy because they think, you know, people think it's cursed or whatever. When you look at everything, president's trophy actually has quite a bit of value this year because, first of all, there's a good chance that the president's trophy winner is going to come from the central division. So obviously you want to be first in that and avoid either Florida team. And two, with kind of the way it sets up with like the four division winners in the final four, you know, if you're the best overall seed you get the you'll get the best matchup you'll get home ice in the final four if you make it so no there's a lot i think of value to being not only first in the division but first in the league this year maybe a little more so than normal yeah i mean if you can get the president's trophy uh get the president's trophy that's uh that's my hot take for the podcast if if you have an opportunity to win the president's trophy you should you should do that. You get a banner like that's a that's a banner raising type thing. So yeah, that's kind of cool. If you yeah, it is. It is, and hopefully, if the Hurricanes were to win the President's Trophy, which is still just bizarre to think about, like you said, uh, but if that was to happen, 
Uh, hopefully they don't play the Columbus Blue Jackets in the first round of the postseason. Hopefully they would not finish fourth because I guess that's within the realm of possibility that they could. Going in the wrong direction, though. So Yes, yes, they certainly are. Talking about these past couple of games, I guess two weeks now, Vincent Trocek has been back in the lineup. Uh, it would appear as if he hasn't missed a beat. Um, over his past six games since returning from injury, he has a point in all six of those games. He had a two-point night last night. I mean, what what more what more can you say about Vincent Trocek? I mean, dating back to the his last twelve games, so six before injury, six, six after injury, he has points in twelve straight games. Seven goals in those 12 games, 17 points. He has a goal in each game against the Panthers this season. He's six for six. They shouldn't have traded him, it looks like. I don't even know what there is more to say about him at this point. Uh, tra- the Hurricanes ever trading him would probably be a very bad idea. I mean, that, that's... Uh... Yeah. Number one, just because he's been so good, but number two, because he apparently likes uh, revenge tours. But no, I mean it's it's crazy the way he just has come back, and you know, I that was something I was legitimately worried about when he got hurt, and it was you know he was missing time, and it turned out to be a significant injury. He had been playing so well, you're like, man, you know, you heard about the injuries in Florida, like he had good seasons, and then he came back, and he wasn't quite the same, and I. I was worried about what he was going to look like coming off an injury, but he's clearly they took the time. And again, I, I think from what Rod said, you know, there it was kind of out of their hands from a medical standpoint. There were tests he had to clear and stuff, but clearly they all ever all parties involved took their time to get him back to one hundred percent, and it paid off. And to me, the whole twelve straight games thing, you know, I've I kind of have to quibble with the fact that that's not like an official point streak i mean i guess yeah, i get it with yeah, the games missed I, in the middle it's it's not a streak of games but like to me it's almost more impressive that he was doing that and then he missed all that time and came right back from the layoff and picked up where he left off no you're right you're you're definitely right i mean he had points in six straight missed eight games and now he has points in six straight again I guess the NHL is uh, doesn't make much sense in this regard, among several other regards. Yeah, um, but yeah, he's been outstanding. He's look. I mean, when the when the season comes to a close, who knows how it's going to go down the stretch? But there, <laughs> there's like a very, very, very real possibility that the difference between the Hurricanes and the Panthers this season will be single-handedly Vincent Trocek. I mean, that's that's not even really a debate, I don't think. He's scored in every game. And wouldn't that be something? If like if the Hurricanes finish first and Florida finishes second and they finish within two or three points of each other, I mean, direct correlation. Yeah, I mean, kudos to Florida overall, too, though, even without – because I, I did not have that team as a playoff team going into this year. But um, no. they've clearly figured something out. But, no, I think the other thing about Vincent Trocek, too, is if things continue on this path and, you know, the Hurricanes finish the regular season where they're hoping and he keeps doing this, is it really – especially when you look at the games he's missed and what they've looked like with and without him, 
is it really going to be a question of Vincent Trocek as the Hurricanes team MVP for the season? Probably not. Probably not. No, uh, unless uh, Sebastian Ajo has yeah. a really good finish. I think he's the only guy who could compete with him, really. And he, and to his credit, he he picked it up a lot, um, especially playing with Natchez yeah. when Trocek was out when he needed to. Um, Ajo's been very good recently. He has over the past like month or so. So no, I, I mean I don't want to discredit him, but I just think when you look at. Um, Everything that Vincent Trocek has done, he clearly having him in the lineup just elevates. Really, I think everyone else just with the ripple. If we, you know, we've talked about this, just with the ripple effect that having a number two center like that has on the whole lineup. When your second line center is a better than point per game player with sixteen goals and what twenty eight or so games played, uh, you can do a lot worse than that. Um, it's pretty, pretty crazy. So speaking of crazy, I mentioned that the Hurricanes have three guys right now who can do a capable job in net. And this is interesting because Mirazek's back and his first start in more than two months, he gets a shutout win, a one nothing shutout win against the Stars. Then he follows it up two nights later. 34 saves on 36 shots and a win over Florida. And obviously, once Morazic came back, you knew who the number one was. The question was who was going to be the number two goalie behind him. And the first game, I remember people were surprised slash upset that it was James Reimer backing up Nadelka or backing up Morazic in that first game. But I don't that know. Mean, I, that I didn't mean anything. I, like, I, like I, that doesn't mean your, anything. Yeah. It's like you said in your story this week. I think Rod Brindamore has switched goalies in a game one time. Uh, the the yes. only way the who who's backing up matters is if somebody gets hurt. Yes. Uh, they've had to pull goalies more due to injury than uh, performance. In one hundred and this was as of. Last week when I wrote it, so it's probably, let's just say, I, it was 187 then, it's definitely 190 now. Out of 190 games where the Hurricanes have played a game under Rod Rindamore, Rod has pulled the goalie because of performance once, and that was uh, last season in December in Anaheim in a 4-2 loss to the Ducks. That was the only time that... They've pulled the goalie due to performance. And look, with with Mrazic playing the way he is and Nadelkovich playing the way he is, it, it seems pretty obvious that those two are the best options. And, you know, whoever the backup is, I mean, that really, that does little to nothing for me. And it's tough because you, you want to keep a, all of them engaged to a degree, but the fact that Nedeljkovic got the first start after Morazic paints a pretty clear picture, especially against Florida in a game for the division lead. It's it's pretty obvious how the Hurricanes view that hierarchy right now. Well, and I think they view the hierarchy the way that they should. I mean, this isn't necessarily a knock on Reimer, who I think 
you know, look, we, we Reimer is what he is. He's an NHL backup goalie. He he's not a great goalie, but he's I think gotten maybe a little bit more criticism from myself included, probably than he should have this season. But there there's just no question when you look at it that Morazic and Nedeljkovic are the two best options. I mean, Reimer's a, a decent backup goalie. Those are two decent to very good potential starting caliber goalies. I mean, both of them are, I think, top 10 in the NHL in save percentage, goals against average, and shutouts. Um, no, I, I mean, that, that's got to be your two options. And like you just said, and Rod Brindamore has said this too, you've got to keep guys engaged, if you know, but you also need to do what's giving you the best chance to win. And I think that's playing Morazic and Nedeljkovic. And for the other piece of this too, is Nedeljkovic still needs to play five more games to get, um, to avoid becoming a UFA at the end of this season, which I don't see being an issue, but no, I mean, I think with as many games as they have left, I don't see a reason to be giving all three of them starts. I, I think you've got to just roll with Morazic and Nedeljkovic. Yeah, that's the Hurricanes have had 20 games with uh, Alex Nedeljkovic and Peter Morazic starting games. Uh, that's excluding the game that Morazic got skated into and deformed, uh, where he left after five minutes. In those 20 games, the Hurricanes have given up 35 goals. That is 1.75 goals against on average when Nedeljkovic and Morazic are in the net. The Hurricanes have six shutouts in those 20 games. That's pretty hard to dispute. Um, you can somewhat justifiably, you can point to James Reimer's record. He is 14-4-1. But I, I think no matter how you really look at it, the Hurricanes are at their best and and especially in these kinds of games against Tampa, against Florida, against the teams that you need to beat, it's it's been pretty obvious that the Hurricanes are in best hands when it's one of those guys. And again, Reimer hasn't been bad all the time. He's had stretches where I feel like he's been <laughs> pretty rough and, and you want more. But at the same time, you know, he, he's an NHL goalie, and I, I think the only way you can justify using Reimer is in a backup role, um, and and maybe that's how you keep him somewhat engaged. We'll see what happens before the trade deadline, because, it, again, it's interesting, because do you want to deal from that position of quote-unquote strength? It's not like Reimer is going to get you much, but if you can include him in a deal that, that kind of puts you over the top and doing something at the deadline, you'd think that they'd be open to doing that. But at the same time, one goalie gets injured and you're, you're like, Oh shoot, I shouldn't have done that. You shouldn't have, I shouldn't have traded Reimer away. So, and, and especially with how good this team is, you, you want to keep, that in mind when you're at the deadline all of that being said it's very obvious that that it's it it should be a two goalie mainly rotation and those two goalies are clearly Morazic and Nedeljkovic uh, 
I don't think anyone <laughs> would argue with that. So now we we move on to the trade deadline, and and this is this is interesting. We have let's see, Friday, Saturday, Saturday, Sunday, Sunday, Monday, three days, four days till the trade deadline. The NHL trade deadline on Monday is at three p.m. Eastern. The Hurricanes, of course, they want a defenseman. It's always a defenseman. Pierre Lebrun reported this week that the Hurricanes are in on Anaheim's Josh Manson. Uh, Frank Saravalli reported this week as well that they're in on Manson and Los Angeles's Sean Walker. Those are names. Those are names. Thoughts on the Hurricanes being in on a defenseman again? Well, it's interesting. You know, these are right shots, so you're looking at something that balances out your third pairing because you've got Bean and Flurry there now, and they're both um, left shots. You're looking at guys with term, which makes some sense because you're going to be looking at losing probably a defense, almost certainly a defenseman to the expansion draft. So you know you'd be have somebody that could replace that. Um, I don't. I think it probably tells you that the Hurricanes aren't super high on Hayden Fleury because my guess would be that they're looking for more of a defensive-minded right shot player to play next to Jake Bean. Um, And maybe that, you know... It's interesting, though, because Sean Walker's name is particularly interesting. If that's accurate, he's a very different defenseman than Josh Manson. Sean Walker is a smaller guy. He's 5'11". He is definitely not a physical guy. He is a offensive driver um so that's interesting as well because because manson's definitely the bigger uh physical uh, defensively stout guy who you would think would pair well next to like a jake bean the fact that both of those names are out there suggests to me maybe that they aren't just looking for a joel edmondson 2.0 maybe they're just looking for a quality defenseman yeah, I mean, it could also they could also be thinking about a possibility of losing Bean to the expansion draft sure. if you end up re-signing sure, yeah. Dougie Hamilton first and have to protect him, and you can't work something out with Ron Francis to keep Bean because keep like there's a I don't know that like I I almost hate to even throw this out there and speculate on this because I don't know anything about the relationship between any of these people. There's a chance that Ron Francis tells the Hurricanes to F off if if they try to Oh, that's entirely possible, I think. Like <laughs> I mean... and says, you know, I'm just gonna take whoever I want and that's that. Um I don't think that's very good business and again, I'm as like I said, I, I don't wanna yeah, make yeah, it yeah. like I know that that would be the case because I don't. I have no idea. He might have a great relationship with Rod Brindamore and Dom Waddell, but um, and I'm sure he probably does have a great relationship with Rod Brindamore. But yeah, no, I mean, I, I think the expansion draft, especially again for the Hurricanes on the blue line, because it, it's almost certain that the player you're going to lose is going to be a defenseman. So I think you have to keep that in not even the back of your mind, really, maybe more so in the forefront of any decision that they're making on players with term in, you know, these next few months here. Yeah. I mean, you, you make a good call. I mean, if, if Jake Bean was to be the guy that's picked, Sean Walker is a pretty solid uh, replacement for what he brings. 
and and he's a right shot guy. When you when you look at it, I mean, Josh Manson has another year left on his deal at a bit over four million dollars in cap hit. Again, it's just one more year, and Sean Walker is at two point six five, but he has three more years after this year, so he's definitely a longer term. <laughs> it's interesting that that Walker's name is is involved in in that discussion because I think up to this point we were under the ex, uh, the the expectation of it being a guy like Manson or a guy like Colin Miller or you know a, a defensive guy who maybe complements an offensive minded guy like Bean. I I think it's smart that that they're just looking for the best available guy at who they believe to be the best fit for them. So I, I, I think that makes sense. But do you think there should be another area that they're looking for at, at the deadline? Obviously not goalie, but that would mean, do you think that they need to be engaged in talks for a forward? Yes, I do. I mean, I, I get the whole, I get the logic of adding a defenseman, especially with the expansion draft in mind. I get the whole thing about financials and everything else, maybe making this not a year that you're looking at rentals, but I really think the Hurricanes should be looking. I, I don't think a defenseman should be the first priority. I really think the Hurricanes should be looking to add a top nine forward, um, both to kind of complete their group as is and is in injury depth like you at this point we have no clue if we're going to see Tavo Teravainen again this year um Brock McGinn is another guy who's played in the top nine a lot this year he's out right now like Rod Brindamore said after his injury on Saturday that it didn't look or Sunday that it didn't look good which you know I agree with what he said if that if Brock McGinn leaves a game and doesn't come back you know he's hurt um Injuries are going to happen, so no. I, I think if they could find a way to add a top-nine winger, uh, even with Tavo Teravainen and, and Brock McGinn, I think adding a top-nine winger would be a smart idea because Rod Brindamore, whenever he's had everybody available, has kind of liked to balance out the lines a little bit, and I think you need another top-nine player to make that really work. And I, and I mean, like injuries are going to happen. You're not going to be able to bank on having Tavo Teravainen and Brock McGinn bet. Well, I don't know about what McGinn's situation is. Maybe you can bank on him being back, but you can't bank on everybody being healthy. And I don't think I don't think you want to go into a playoff series with Jordan Martinuk playing in your top nine or your top six. I I really think adding a forward should be a priority, but from Everything that we've seen and heard from Dom Waddell so far, it doesn't seem like it is now. That could mean absolutely nothing. I mean, last <laughs> year we thought the, the focus would all be on defensemen, and it was. I mean, they added Brady Shea and Sammy Vatnin, but then the the Vincent Trocek trade dropped. Out of nowhere. I mean, just, just completely out of the sky. I, I mean, I, I remember pulling into the parking lot at my office in Waynesville, looking at my phone, seeing that, that it broke, just like, what? That They got that Trocheck, Florida Trocheck? Like, mm-hmm. so who knows? There, there could be something else like that. And I think 
if the Hurricanes were to add a forward, just like with the defensemen, it would probably be that kind of deal, that kind of hockey trade for a player with term, because that seems to be the kind of trade that the Hurricanes, for the most part, look at. And we've heard Dom Waddell say multiple times that they're probably not going to be in the rental market. So I'd be looking at trying to do something like that. And like I said, from what it sounds like, they're not, but we already know that when it comes to the Hurricanes and Dom Waddell and making trades, what it sounds like doesn't often mean much. Because we've got a few examples with the Trocheck trade and really even going back to the first big trade he made, the Dougie Hamilton trade of Dom Waddell pulling big trades just completely out of left field. I, I'm going to take you a step further. I'd say that it'd be irresponsible Certainly to not be in the hunt for a forward, I'd I'd even go as far as to say it would be a pretty big mistake to not get a forward. The Hurricanes window to win is is officially, officially open. Yes. They are firmly like this is not a a fluke we we know it's not a fluke because they've been so good over the past couple of seasons and, and they've taken steps forward and they've been contending playoff teams they are at the top of the league right now their 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 window is open okay this thing is it's now and with Terravine and out and now McGinn out you 100% need to go out and you need to, in my opinion, acquire forward help. I'd go beyond even saying that they need a top nine forward. I would even push for a top six caliber forward. Yep. I, I think they need to realize that this is an all-in type of season. This isn't a year where they're kind of on the outside and... and or, or maybe on the outside looking at, at least with regards to being a, a cup contender and you're kind of just like, okay, can we make it to the playoffs and, and kind of glide through and, 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 and compete for, you know, in the first round or something. This is a Stanley Cup contending team and you need to be aggressive buyers at the deadline. I know this is a weird season. I know this is not a season like many others, but they have a legitimate opportunity to win here. And, you know, in addition to adding a defenseman, if they do so, I think they absolutely need to add help up front. It, it takes one injury to the wrong player. And you're fucked, right? And and honestly, I would have said going into this season that they'd be fucked if that if that injury was to Tavo Teravainen. Kudos yeah. to everyone involved, especially um, I'd say especially Martin Natchez for making sure that didn't happen. But yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, and if like it feels like the Hurricanes' capacity for a big forward injury, it's already been taken up by Teravainen. We saw how they played without Trocek. They were not the same team. If someone important gets hurt, and this happens, and let's say someone gets hurt in like two weeks, and you're going to be looking back at it, and you're going to be kicking yourself for not being aggressive enough. Even if you're trading for a guy and you're like, okay, where does he fit in the lineup? Because, you know, he's a really good, really good addition. But we right now, since we're relatively healthy, 
you know, where does he fit? That, that's a problem you deal with, you know? Like, that that's something where you get talent, you get players who can help you win because not everyone's going to have it every single night. And you need guys who can make plays and important points in the game. It's a no-brainer for me that they should go out and they should be looking for a quality, if not top six, then almost then absolutely top nine player up front. A guy who can help the second power play unit because, frankly, they haven't been great. It's been the first power play unit that's been carrying them. So if if they were to go out and get a forward that that can help on the second power play unit and add a little depth there, add a little depth at five on five, be there as insurance. So if if an important key player gets hurt, you you aren't dead in the water. So yeah, I I absolutely think that they should be on the lookout for a forward just as much, if not more so than. They should be out on 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 the lookout for defensemen. Yeah. So yeah, that's, well, that's where I I'm at. The, well, I think the other thing too that you know, and we've talked about before with this being an all-in kind of year. We talked about it relatively early on in the season with the Hurricanes' center play, with their play down the middle yes. with Aho, Trocheck, and Jordan Stahl. Jordan Stahl has regressed to the means a little bit in terms of being an offensive juggernaut, which we all kind of thought would happen. But he's still having a really great season. You're not going to have it that often. And what we said at that time was they maybe would need to look at adding a goalie because you wouldn't want poor goaltending to do that. And, well, they look like they very much are going to have the goaltending with between Peter Mrazek and Alex Ndokovic. Mm. So you have the center play. You have the goaltending. That That is a Stanley Cup ingredient. And like we said, too, an opportunity like this season isn't going to come around that often. You don't know when you're, you know, if you're going to have that perfect storm of Aho, Trocek, and Stahl all playing so well. And again, after this year, new contract for Andrei Svechnikov, either a new contract for Dougie Hamilton that takes up more of the cap, or Dougie Hamilton is gone, and you're not replacing him with the same caliber of player, I don't think. You're going to have to figure out two goalies, and I think if fair to say that Mrazek and Nadelkovich both would cost more than they're making right now if that's the route they go. So no, I mean, I get the finance, this is a weird year and a financials and everything else, but man, this is an opportunity, I think. And it, it's, a, it's the kind of opportunity that you don't get very often and they need to take advantage. The other thing with the defensemen that I, I kind of thought about just now um, that, that we haven't really talked about I asked Rod Brindamore about this, I think, on Wednesday. Um, he said, too, that Jake Gardner is getting close. Um, I think that's big. Close to being an option. I think that's huge. I think it's they very clearly have missed his abilities in being able to kind of transition the puck and move it up the ice. I think that they've missed him on the second power play unit. I think um, – Getting Jake Gardner back in the lineup would be big, and if you know you you thinking that that's a more immediate and tangible thing that you can predict too, it's just another reason I think that adding a forward should be more of a priority than adding a defenseman. Yeah, I mean, in in an ideal world, you can add both. Obviously, if they can do that, they should. I know that they don't want a rental, but 
they should really think about a rental. <laughs> like they yeah. really, they really, really should. And I know that this is not a normal season money wise and what's going on and all that. But if, if there, if there's been a season for the hurricanes over the past 20 years <laughs> where they should really think about a rental. It's this in like oh five oh six. <laughs> like it's when they did a, when, when they, they did, did add rentals, rentals yeah. who made a huge impact in Doug Waite and Mark, Mark Recky. So, which and they added Recky because um, one of their top forwards and Eric Cole was dealing with a serious injury. Sound familiar? Yes. No, and I the the other thing with the financial stuff and every, I, like I don't you know they talk about like playoff gate revenue. I I don't want to. This is not something I want to speculate on at all. But it it would seem to me with when the playoffs are going to be and as you move along through them, hopefully if the Hurricanes go on a deep run, they'll hopefully be in a position to to keep adding um, fans because I think things in North Carolina are going pretty well right now in terms of COVID and the vaccines and everything else. And Roy Cooper has been continually easing restrictions. So that, that could be something to keep in mind as well for the playoffs as you, you may be able to have more and more fans as it goes along again, not something I know at all and not something I really want to sure. speculate too much on, but it, it stands to reason that if things keep going on the current path that they are, that that could be a possibility. For sure, this this is definitely the year where you're where you're looking at where can I add wherever I can, and that needs to be a thing for the Hurricanes at the deadline. Speaking of trades, before we get out of here, a, a non hockey trade. Uh, this is a football trade. Yes, yes. I'm sure many Carolina Panthers fans listen to this podcast. And the Panthers acquired Sam Darnold this past week. Um, okay. So, unless you want to go ahead first, I mean, I, I could play devil's advocate for that move. Go ahead. Here, here's my thing. Number one, I think clearly the Panthers are looking at their avenues to upgrade from Teddy Bridgewater this offseason. We talked about Deshaun Watson on this podcast before. There are a multitude of that is no longer yes, I that, think, that is no option. longer Not something for, that for I am obvious interested. reasons. The legal troubles that he is currently facing, you cannot and should not do that. Um, if you look at the draft, the Panthers are picking eighth. The obviously, if the Jets were willing to move Darnold, they're going to take a quarterback at number two. Trevor Lawrence obviously is going number one. Um, and we can go back to the fact that the Panthers probably should have just what the Panthers probably should have done in the first place is rather than the signing Teddy Bridgewater, just gone for Kyle Allen and made a run at getting the number one pick. But uh, that's neither here nor there at this point. The 49ers traded up to number three. Um, I know the Falcons have been linked to either a quarterback or trading down to a team that wants a quarterback at four. So your options for a quarterback in the first round of this draft are not going to be great. Darnold is a very, I think, a talented quarterback, a former top pick. Obviously, he has not been good with the Jets and with Adam Gase, but there have been plenty of reason 
recent examples of good offensive players getting away from Gase and thriving, including quarterback C, Ryan Tannehill. I think you bring Darnold in, you give him a chance with some pretty good weapons with the Panthers in Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, and maybe you even have a chance to add a guy like Kyle Pitts with the eighth pick. Um, and you see, and if it doesn't work out, you, you didn't, you know, you gave up something. I mean, you gave up a second, fourth, and six, but, like, you didn't give up any first-round picks. So if it doesn't work out, you you still are going to have all the avenues available to you to eventually find your quarterback. So I think the Panthers kind of needed to play the hand that they were dealt, and they took a gamble. But, again, in terms of the trade return, not a huge gamble and not one that's going to kill you if it doesn't work out. But that could go very, very well if it does work out. Andrew, with the with the optimism about the Panthers, you you have to be a football optimist right now, right? With how your football team has done over the past couple of years. Yeah, didn't end very well in the last uh, Super Bowl, but yeah. I mean, one of the best performances by a guy with no offensive line I've maybe ever seen. Yeah. yeah I mean, that's that was pretty unbelievable. Concerning the, um, the, the Chiefs still currently not having an NFL caliber starting left tackle on their roster is concerning, but I'm, I'm sure they'll, they'll figure that out. Well, at least you're not the Panthers, and you're wondering if you have an NFL quality starting quarterback. Because that's true. Um, yeah, I mean, the, that's the thing I just keep like the Teddy Teddy Bridgewater was a that that was a poor decision. I mean, they they sh- they, they should have just gone with Kyle Allen and gone for the first overall pick, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I like Teddy. I mean, he's he's fine. But you're not gonna like. You're not winning. You like. Like in the NFL, I think every decision you make has to be geared towards winning the Super Bowl, and you're you're not you're you're not winning a Super Bowl with Teddy Bridgewater. Sure, yeah, he was <laughs> pun intended. He was, I guess, he was a bridge quarterback. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, and now but, that they've traded for Darnold, it kind of feels like they're burning a bridge there with Teddy and now he's probably going to get traded. Yeah, I would have to think so. So I think that'll do it for us. It's like a little bit of football talk in at the end. Uh, this has been the Kings country podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Trade deadline is just a few days away. The next time we talk, the trade deadline will be in the rear view mirror. There is a very good chance that next week I will be yelling about how, they missed an opportunity by not trading for a forward at the deadline. So you have that to look forward to. Thank you again for listening. This week it's me and Andrew Schnicker. Andrew, where can the people find you on Twitter and only Twitter? You can find me at ASCHNITT53. And he is not here this week, but you can find Ryan at R-Y-A-N-H-E-N-K-E-L underscore. He will. He should be back with us next week. Yep, he he should be. And uh, we wish him well. It's starting to feel better. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Brett Finger. Follow slash subscribe to the podcast. Uh, you can find the Canes Country Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Spotify. That's Apple Podcasts. 
That's Google Podcasts. That's Megaphone. That is Stitcher. That is literally anywhere uh, you listen to podcasts. You can find us, rate, review, do all those things that uh, help us out immensely. Read the site, canescountry.com. You can follow Canes Country on Twitter at Canes Country, Instagram at Canes Country Picks, P-I-X. We are so close to the deadline. Who knows what's going to happen? Who knows? Who knows what kind of trades will be pulled off or lack of trades will be pulled off? We'll talk to you next week. Goodbye.